Let's go. Oh, man. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Through the Realm of Light and Shadow. <laughs> it's so serious and daunting. When we last left off, you <laughs> wonderful group of adventurers uh, commandeered the remaining wagon and slowly made your way into the Mirkwood. As the night went on, you found a small area where some trees had warped and twisted around each other, forming a small shelter against the rain and elements. As you hunkered down for the night, Edrahel spoke longingly about the way that Mirkwood used to be before it was touched and eventually corrupted by the shadow. Nebuchadnezzar took the first watch for the night. He heard something skittering nearby. Edrahel snuck closer towards the road to get a look at the creatures they had heard earlier. Spiders. They slowly left the area of your camp, and Edrahel went back to sleep after speaking briefly with Nebuchadnezzar. As Nebuchadnezzar ended his watch, he climbed down from the tree on which he had been providing overwatch. Through a series of unfortunate events, Nebuchadnezzar slipped, and one of his metal beard clasps was caught on a knot in the tree. His yelp of pain was heard by both Edrahel and Cyrell, who awoke to find Nebuchadnezzar hanging by his beard from the tree. As they attempted to uh, uh, catch uh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Edrahel was spotted curiously taking off his cloak and providing no assistance. Um, however, Cyrell did manage to arrest Nebuchadnezzar's fall. During Edrahel's watch, the spiders returned in greater numbers. They quickly, as a party, were destroyed. You guys dispatched them with almost very little effort. Party then went to work harvesting the spiders for fangs and venom sacks. You successfully retrieved three venom sacks and one spider fang. Fangs are about three inches long and they have a very slight curve. Upon realizing that this journey will take weeks, you set off on your first journey into the heart of the Mirkwood, one which will take, well, a few weeks in and of itself. As you set off on your journey, you have some decisions to make. As a party, you all need to decide who's going to fill the following four roles. A scout. The scout should hopefully be uh, proficient in stealth and investigation. A hunter, who is hopefully proficient in survival. A lookout proficient in perception and a guide who has wisdom and survival. Those would be the recommended traits of someone in those roles. So I know you guys were speaking earlier, you might want uh, Edrahel's character to take on the role of the guide, uh, but you have some choices to make. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves. Really the only one that I'm proficient in of the ones that were listed was survival. Yeah, same, 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 same. But I do uh, have animal handling as well. Um, so if I hunt, we might get extra bonus if we can maybe tame something, gain its trust, and then Who has keep, a its, high keep its trust and make friends with it for a long time. I have a high wisdom. I have 12. I have 12 as well. I have 14. 
Uh, Will and I are probably good with perception, so we would probably be good lookouts. Okay. I think that Tyrell and Wilhelm will take on the role of lookout. Edrahel, did you want to take on uh, guide? I'll take guide, yeah. It's okay. So scout and hunter. I, I, I can hunt, uh, but I'm fine hunting with somebody, but it may be wise to either have two scouts or two hunter, hunters. Um, so one thing that I think is uh, important for you guys to also keep in mind, uh, scout is stealth and investigation. So even if you don't have proficiency in that, if you have disadvantage on stealth checks, I would not recommend being a scout. And Dala, I believe that you have disadvantage on stealth checks. I've, oh, wait, I just realized I have a plus five to stealth. Oh, you're a scout. Because I'm a hobbit. <laughs> you are a scout. Probably <laughs> scout. Uh, this which is like leave, uh, Nebuchadnezzar and Dala for Hunter. If you guys are happy right. with that. I guess we shall hunt. Hunt we shall. Okay. All right. So those are going to be your four rolls. Um, okay. At which point, typically in a, a journey, the guide would then <clears throat> uh, make an embarkation roll, which would be a D12 plus a variety of things. I already took care of that first one. I know, Gabe. I'm sorry. I got the best possible result for you. So in reality, you should, you should be grateful to me. Thank me. Are you writing my story? <laughs> Are you writing our story? <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, after your uh, your rather painful encounter uh, that morning um, with the uh, with the spiders. You guys uh, harvest your uh, venom sacks, you harvest your fangs, and you prepare to set off deeper into the Mirkwood. Before we get started. Like to do, yeah. Yeah, uh, Cyrell's gonna talk to a group and he's gonna be like, good job getting that, uh, that stuff from the spiders. Is anyone good with potions or, I don't know, herbs or something? Can we make like an anti-venom thing of what we've got just in case we encountered them along the journey. I'm sure the elf is good with that type of thing. Him with his pointy ears and herbs and stuff. You can always try it. It's always interesting to try new things. I don't remember the last time that I did one, but yeah, sure. Why not? I've got a pipe if you want to smoke. <laughs> so you're good with herbs? What are you saying? <laughs> no, no, no smoking. We're making anti-venom. <laughs> So I make anti-venom here. I slowly hand her the poison snack sack just to see what happens. So Edrahel, do you think you can do something with this? Let's find out. Lord Master, what what we would need to do to get a an anti-poison, anti-venom. To create an anti-venom from the venom sacks that you have. Um, yeah, I'm thinking through. Yeah. Um, no one here really has any background with alchemical science that I remember from your backstories. I would, it would be a disadvantage and it would be a medicine check. Um, medicine. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I'm and whether you succeed or fail, it would definitely consume a venom sack on each attempt. One whole venom sack? Yes. If you had, uh, if one of you had uh, alchemical supplies, like an actual set, 
uh, or otherwise uh, training in that field, um, you probably get rid of the disadvantage, but uh, yeah, you can certainly try though. So, hey, Dorf, what, are, what were you thinking to use the fangs on the poison uh, sacks for? Uh, I was just going to have them to, to put them all over my axes and spears and to take out whatever we need to fight. But if you think that you can pull this thing off, then I'll trust you. I just don't trust you that much. But I'll if trust you, you this time. <laughs> if you want to try and create <clears throat> a... Um, like uh, an oil of spider venom that you can apply to your weapon to last for X amount of time. Um, that wouldn't be nearly as hard as trying to craft some sort of anti-venom. Um, so I, I would say you wouldn't have disadvantage and the DC would most likely be a lot lower uh, if you wanted to, to do that. Um, given the size of the spiders, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, I'd say that probably one venom sack, you could probably get two vials of that oil if you wanted to attempt it. I, I think right now I'm going to pass on that. Um, okay. You know, I'm going to keep my sack actually if I can, because I never know when I, I need to spike my drink a little bit, give myself a little oof. So, okay. you know. Right. <laughs> so Nebuchadnezzar's is going to hold on to his sack. What about the other two? Okay. Are you willing to, to do it? Mr. Cyril, are you willing to do it? Am I willing to do what? Are you willing to uh, use one of the venom sacks to try to do this thing? Uh, sure. Why don't we at least try to make the um, poison oil? Uh, that sounds helpful. Um, okay. And the other depends. If you want to try to make the antivenom, we can. But if not, we can hold on to it and maybe use it in the future. So I was right. actually thinking about using the, the oils for the arrows and... The arrows okay. with uh, Dala and, and Hayden. Right. So. so let's do the oil first. Um, so between the two of you, you've, you've got two venom sacks. So you take one venom sack and you've uh, got a couple of vials and you're going to attempt to uh, conjure up a little bit of uh, oil of spider venom here. So Cyril, go ahead and give me a medicine check. Oh, I'm doing this? I mean, or Edrahel, but he's, he asked you if you would do it. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best at medicine. I, I could try. Would anyone else prefer to do it? I don't think any of us has a, an advantage in medicine. We should have a will do it. Medicine's a wisdom, so... <laughs> if he, I, mean, I, I, I think know. we're metagaming too much. That. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you guys, you're not in a rush. So if one of you feels like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with that kind of stuff. Um, but if not, Cyril. Uh, I think Edrahel should do it. All right. I want to try that. Wisdom. Yeah. Oh, I think Edrahel? All right. All right. Oh boy, I didn't roll right. That is a 13. A 13. Uh, 13 is just enough to make uh, <laughs> the two vials that you needed for oil of, of spider venom. So you've got two vials. Um, if you wanted to apply them to your barbed arrows, it would probably take both to cover all 30. Um, you could use one to do about 15 or so um, and then give one to someone else to put on a weapon or uh, you can use both however you want to uh, dole those out, but you now have two vials. It will either uh, one vial for one weapon or one vial for about 15 arrows. What do you guys say if we, there's three arrow users here. So what if we put five poison arrows in each one of us so that we have like five for Haley, five for Ritala and five for myself. That way we each have some poison arrows that we can use when we see fit. And then the other vials since 
it was uh, Nebuchadnezzar's idea, then he can use it however he pleases. Okay. Um, so strategic decision, I like it. Uh, each of you, make sure you note that you have five spider venom arrows. On top of the regular arrow damage that you deal, it will also deal 1d6 of poison damage when you hit your target. Right. So make sure uh, to, to denote that because I am not going to remember. So uh, <laughs> let me know when you're using an arrow, if you're using an arrow that has poison on it so that we can make sure we take care of you. Cyril <coughs> uh, says, uh, impressive, Edrahel. Good job. Uh, All right. And he notes that he has a short bow and arrows as well, but he doesn't use them quite as often, so he's happy with you guys having <laughs> oh, <sad. laughs> He just slides it in there and says, like, so no, I, 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 you know, you know, I also have some arrows. You guys you have some arrows. <laughs> I have some too, you know. Just like, you know. <laughs> Only three right. of us have used them, so anyway. You're ready That's to fair. start? I, I agree, man. I'm just letting you know for future use. <laughs> I have some arrows uh, as well. Did you right. want to also try and make the anti-venom with the other sack right now? Or do you want to hold on to both of them? Uh, something to keep in mind, um, you did pull that sack out of a living creature. You probably only have a couple days before it rots, unless you find a way to preserve it. So you're going to want to use them sooner rather than later. Uh, the vial is going to last probably for, for quite some time, but the sack itself is going to... We lost my wife. <laughs> uh, the sack itself is probably going to uh, and, and die. So make sure that uh, you use those in the next day or two. Time is going to go by quite quickly in the journey. Um, we're going to go through days in a matter of minutes. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. You're not going to have a lot of time to hold on to them. Well, I saw how easy the elf made the made made the poison vial. So I guess I guess I guess I'll use mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a try. This can't be that hard. This can't be that hard. Eleven. Eleven on a medicine check. Yeah. All right. Uh, you uh, watch Edrahel. Um, I would say closely, but after about thirty seconds of watching him, you think it's so easy. A child could do it. Uh, so you stop paying attention to, to how he is sort of uh, distilling uh, the venom out of the sack safely and, and mixing it with a carrier oil and preparing it for application to uh, uh, your weapons. Um, however, you do uh, succeed in mixing oil and venom together into a couple of vials. You actually got four vials out of it. Um, you, you think yourself as uh, obviously better than the elf because oh, you yeah. have two vials. Now you've got four vials of venom, question mark? I just like hold them. I have like two in one hand, two in the other hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So if you, uh, as far as you can tell, they've, they've been quite effective uh, and you're, you're excited that you have four vials of, of this venom oil. Uh, so just let me know when you use them. I want to give two to Will to say that he needs to watch out for himself. This will keep him safe, and I give him my word. I say, this will keep you safe, Will. And Cyril's gonna block that and say, Will, don't take that. <laughs> no one knows that I did a bad job on these. You guys know I made four vials. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, Cyril still tells Will not to take it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My, my guy's trust goes, goes down. For Styrel, I'm guessing. I'm guessing the worst that you do with the vials, the best there for the weapons, because that way they're gonna make more. I, I don't know. Yes. That much, probably. All right. Well, question mark. Let me know when you use it. <laughs> Moving on. 
So, um, as uh, you guys uh, pull up all of your materials from camp, uh, you uh, you do have the the wagon with the two horses. You guys uh, did check on during the fight, make sure they didn't get spooked. You've also got uh, your two horses uh, for for Cyril and Wilhelm. Um, as you you look ahead, you definitely see that the uh, road as you go deeper into the Murkoid is uh, not just full of twists and turns, but there are areas where it's been completely uprooted, where trees are blocking its path. Uh, even from the short distance that you can see, you get the feeling that the wagon is not going to take you very far, more than more than than not. So, uh, you get the sense you're probably going to have to leave the wagon. You can take the horses if you would like, um, but the wagon is not going to get you much further. How many horses do we have? Uh, Cyril and Wilhelm each have one, and then there's two that were pulling the wagon. So four. Okay, so I'm going to have to ride with somebody. Yes. Also, you're a hobbit, so that's helpful. Yeah. I say, uh, well, there's going to be two people that are going to have to ride because it's six of us. Yeah. It will. Uh, there's, there's actually only five of you. I don't count. Oh, Wilhelm's there. Six people. Yep. I always forget about counting him. Sorry. I say, I say oh, Della and Haley ride with uh, Will and Cyril. Since uh, the, I would suggest well, Della have Della's got own, a lot of armor. And she's a full human. So <laughs> uh, probably... <laughs> Haley and <laughs> perhaps true. Chad might need to. Or Edrahel, you're probably like you might also yeah. I just hide from because, a horse. Because the terrain that you're on, something to keep in mind is is uh uh as severe and, and daunting as it is that wouldn't allow for, for wagons to travel through. Uh there's a good chance you're not really gonna be moving at any kind of a speed on the horse. So in reality someone who's walking is going to be able to keep up with you guys just fine because you're not going to ever be galloping inside the Mirkwood uh, from what you can tell. Uh, you can just use the horses to get off your feet for a couple hours if you want, um, but you're not going to be moving at a pace that someone walking with you isn't going to be able to keep up. All right. I'm going to walk, but I'm going to tell the guys to keep some room on the horses just in case we find some good goodies on the way over there. We can use them as like our, our, our pack mules. Our oh, packs. Right. Stallions. If, if that's a, if that's a thing. I mean, I've got sturdy feet. I don't even wear shoes, so I can walk too. We just take turns if we need to. I'm okay with that. I'll walk too. It's exciting. I like walking. <laughs> All uh, right. Paula, what, what would you like to do? Dala. What? Dala, what would you like to do? Are you riding a horse or are you walking? Uh, I'll walk. Okay. Okay. Uh, Will and I are going to ride our horses. Um, is so? Are you guys going to walk next to the other two horses? Yes, I'll. Okay. I'll grab one of the horses. To walk. Awesome. All right. Okay. Um, so, Edrahel, you're the guide. Uh, who is the hunter? Me oh, and Dala, Dala, Dala are the are the are the, are the, are the hunters. Dala and Nebuchadnezzar. The lookout is Cyrell Cyre and Will. Okay, and the scout will be Haley. All right, uh, <laughs> all right. So, all right let's start this journey. Woo -hoo. Ready to go, you guys. You guys have embarked. 
Uh, yay, Merkwood is daunting. Yeah, like, we got like a cool kind of like crane shot, like hel helicopter shot of us walking through the woods. What's a helicopter? Eagle shot, eagle shot, eagle shot. Eagle shot. Thank you. A bird's eye view. <laughs> All right. So here is what happens. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Uh, no. Um, oh. you, guys, you guys set out, uh, some of you on horses, some of you walking alongside <clears throat> the beginning of your journey deep into the heart of the Mirkwood. You expect to get about 12 miles or so in a day, uh, which is uh, just over, if you're looking at the, the maps in the player's handbook, it's a little over a hex. A hex is about 10 miles in uh, the campaign setting. Even two or three miles into the Mirkwood, you start to get this uh, constant feeling of oppression and darkness closing in. You felt it even just looking at the outside of the Mirkwood. You felt uh, something ominous that sort of had this presence that, that, that flowed through the entire Mirkwood that was oppressive and repulsive at the same time that made you uncomfortable, that made you even hesitate coming in here. Some of you expressed doubt on why you were going into the Mirkwood earlier. And yet here you are going deeper still. By the time you get about three miles into the Mirkwood, you no longer see any hint of sunlight. The only light that has filtered down are reflections of reflections of reflections. Everything is dim, uh, in some places uh, darn right uh, uh, black. You don't really see very much ahead of you sometimes, depending on what you're looking at, it's hard to see your hand. I need the hunter to make a survival check. All right, me and you, Dala, I can survival checks. Oh, nice. Guys. I got a 13. Phew. Close call. Oh, I'm muted. I'm muted. I'm muted. Christina did. Anyway, I got a 10. A 10? Okay. Yeah. So, Dala and Nebuchadnezzar, you see some signs of tracks left by um, what don't look like to be spider tracks. You think uh, maybe some deer, maybe you lucked out and there's a, uh, you know, a doe of some kind uh, just off the beaten path and you, you uh, lead the rest of the party after these tracks. Um, they seem to go on endlessly to the point where you almost get uh, lost at one point. Uh, Edrahel, as, as the guide, I need you to make a perception check. All right. <clears throat> that is a nat 20. Nice. Good job. <laughs> you, needed, man. Oh. you needed to roll really well. You didn't have to get a natural 20, but that was good. Um, it went 25, actually, because I... <laughs> as, uh, as you're led off of the path, Edrahel, um, you instinctively uh, look around and, and where others would get very quickly turned around and lost inside of the Mirkwood. Uh, you're familiar 
with the uh, snares and the, the toils and the, the slipperiness of the forest. And so as you're taken away from the path, following these tracks for the better part of two or three hours, you end up climbing up a, a ridge in the middle of the forest. Uh, the ridge is, is so obscured uh, by the, the, the canopy of, of trees that are planted further down in the ground that you can't see very far and you lose uh, sight of where the tracks are. And for a moment, you don't know where you are and you don't know how to get back uh, to the road. You climbed all the way up into this ridge hoping to kind of get your bearings and, and figure out where you're going. Um, but in actuality, you never found the animal. You never found any game. You guys prepare to go to bed that night a little bit hungry and a little bit tired. All of you take a point of exhaustion, unfortunately. Um, so mark what that. Does, what does exhaustion do again? Uh, exhaustion is going to give you disadvantage on... Let me see here. I had it. And then I lost it. I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. I know what it does in fifth edition. I just suddenly am not sure if it does the exact same thing in uh, Adventures in Middle Earth. This There's is where a... I wish we could do a montage for me. There's a section on the character sheet that says miserable. Is that the same thing? No. No. Uh. Misery is another thing you can get uh, uh, points for. Great. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you want to continue, we can and, and figure out later, or you can rule it uh, something now, then if we have to correct later, we can. That's fine. Yeah, you know what? It's not... Um, uh, I was just poking through the book, and it references exhaustion, but there's not actually a section on it, which tells me, since this is based on the 5e rulebook, um, that it's going to use the same five levels that are in D&D, uh, &D. um, which means that exhaustion is going to give you disadvantage on ability checks at level one. So... All of you now have disadvantage on ability checks. Wait a second. No, because it's a level one, but we're level two. <laughs> oh, I like that. Nebuchadnezzar and Dala, did you guys remember to roll with advantage? Uh, no. Go ahead and do those rolls again real quick. Because oh, the invitation roll gave you guys advantage on those checks. I got a 15 now. That succeeds. You both oh. failed. 12, okay. 12 is a failure. 15 uh, succeeds. Um, so you still fail but not not as bad ultimately though it won't change the the outcome um you just you fail a little bit less you're still taking the point of exhaustion something else that would have happened won't happen so uh that worked out for you but you guys all still have a point of exhaustion which gives you disadvantage on ability checks so that will cancel out the advantage that you have because of the embarkation roll so something to keep in mind uh more checks during the journey, for now at least, uh, will just be a normal roll. You have advantage and disadvantage, so they cancel each other out. So, yep. <clears throat> you guys uh, bed down for the night, um, unable to really get much uh, rest. And who is taking the first watch? <laughs>